welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Becky, hey, welcome to Confessions of Happy Christian. Hey, girl. Hey, <laughs> you had to, you had to, you couldn't I help did. yourself. This I is one to. of those where we just were like, okay, let's finally hit record because we've been talking for 10 minutes, which yeah, those are the best interviews. I've followed you and your writing forever. You're not, you don't go by scissor tail, tail silk anymore. Do you? I don't know. You're like, and you're, you're Bexie, Th- Becky Thompson. Bexie Thompson. Bexie, Bexie. That came out weird. <laughs> it's right. I like it. It's cutesy. I am Becky Thompson now. I yeah. had like a little glow up on the whole name <laughs> the, situation. The well, and there are people following me now who don't even know what scissor tail silk is. That's wild. Because it doesn't feel like that disconnected from who I am now. But anyway, for anybody listening, scissor tail silk is the name of my original blog. And a scissor tail is the state bird of Oklahoma where I'm from. And back then it was like a fashion blog. And I was like, silk, what a cool play on words. Yeah. I didn't realize that name would like follow me forever onto book covers and all the things. Is it on book covers? Yeah. Becky Thompson (gasps) of Scissor Tail Silk. Stop. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Until I was like, you're like, sure. Mm." Anyway, now it's like just sort of, you know, follows me around. Now it says like creator of Midnight Mom Devotional on other Okay. Yeah. 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 How long was Scissor Tail Silk? How long was that? Um, Okay. So it launched in... 2013, like May of 2013 is like a fashion blog side hustle thing to get yeah. free clothes from boutiques. That uh-huh. was the goal, only goal. hundred percent. And then the Lord spoke to me. Like I had an audible conversation with God and he said, I'm going to give you an audience and you will be responsible for them. Yeah. And I was like, I will make sure they're the best dressed audience Jesus, because <laughs> I had no concept or box of what he was about to do. I was just so limited in my thinking. Anyway, they go be so cute, God. They be the cutest <laughs> as I'm like a mom of little kids in my right. blueberry oatmeal t-shirt. That's what was happening then. Anyway, uh, started the fashion blog. Scissor Tail Silk lasted, I think, through 2015. So like two years of just Scissor Tail Silk. Some people didn't even know my name, which I thought yeah. was. And then, yeah, that scissor. Okay, people used to just call me that scissor talk girl. Because when you read it real fast, you write it out, scissor talk girl. I was like, I'll be scissors, whatever. What? You just, uh, oh, just whatever. It's <laughs> fine. Oh gosh. Anyway, that was two years. And then the publishing house was like, maybe just a, we thought. Should just a thought. We should. We should go by your name. Let's find your, let's put your name on there too. We'll just add it. Just a thought. Anyway. So now I'm there. Yeah. Well, I'm the girl named Blake on Instagram yeah. because my last name is impossible to pronounce. It's yeah. Guiche. But it's guiche, but it's spelled like very weird. And so when my book cover was released just a couple of weeks ago, people were like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you have a last name. Like <laughs> they're like, yes. I didn't know you yes. had a last name. I was like, I just, well, part of that was on purpose. I kind of liked the anonymous yeah. like the anonymous mm-hmm. aspect of nobody knowing my mm-hmm. last name, but now it's out there. So it is what it is. There's a couple of people I follow on Instagram that 
I only knew by their handle. Like they yeah. even called like their people like based on their handle. Yeah. And then I was like, then they decided to close down their account. This is just a bad story. <laughs> it has yeah. nothing to do with anything. Anyway, so it's, you know, closed down their account. They were done to take time for their family. And I was like, but how do I still stalk them? How I can't even remember their name to look them up and see if maybe they have like a personal account they're still yes. posting to. Dude, but that's the thing about having been loving blogging since like the inception of the internet. Yeah. Is that so many of them made that transition into Instagram. Yeah. And then like a lot of my favorites were like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And so they're just gone. These people that you've been like ghosted following their lives since 2010. I hate that. It's so sad. Like the day book. Did you follow the know. day book? Oh, Sydney Leanne. She's still on Instagram and she's not super active on Instagram. When I tell you that Sydney dressed me for a better part of my life and then just stopped blogging. What? What do you do with that? It was so sad. <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, wait, wait. I got to tell you. I... And so I have so many Christianese phrases in my head that when you just said dressed me, I thought you were talking about like spiritually in the armor of God. In the armor of God. <laughs> no, like actually, I bought things from Closed like me. Ann Taylor. <laughs> she did it. not, I mean, she didn't clothe me in grace, but she had really good style. So also is important. Also important. <laughs> But speaking of being clothed in the spirit, how's there that for a, for a segue right there? We're good at it. We're professionals. You wrote, you have a new book, God So Close. That is, it's a little bit of a divergence from a lot of what you've written before. A lot of your content, especially that I've consumed from you over the years is motherhood. You have Midnight Mom and what was the other one? Peace and um, Hope Unfolding. Hoping, hope and, Unfolding. And then I was going to yeah. say, I just read Peace, which is if you even remotely struggle with anxiety as a mother, please get that book. I blew through it in like a day because I literally felt like you were talking to me, saying all the things that I needed to hear in that moment. So very thankful for that book. But tell us about God So Close because I know it's a little bit different. Oh gosh, yes. So here's the thing. It doesn't address motherhood like he does, but I have to, okay, so I'll talk about God. I'll tell you, hold on. I have to tell you three stories to tell you one, which is fine. Yeah. So God So Close is about really becoming awakened to the reality that God was always with you. Like he has always been with you. You know, you think you have good ideas. It's probably his spirit guiding you. You know yes. what I mean? Like you think you just knew what to do. It was really your spirit perceiving his spirit leading you. You know, all of these things where it's like Mary and Martha and you know, one is just at the feet of Jesus because she recognizes that he, his, his presence is important. And the other's like, but he's around all the time, you know, yeah. because we're like good friends and Jesus will come back because he's my good friend, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes we're just like her, like Martha, not because we're busy, but just because like, we know he's there, but we just don't interact with him. Yeah. You know, we know he's going to come back around. He's like part of his traveling ministry was always stopping in Mary and Martha's house. But you know, for us, we just are like, well, he's always there. And so we just get, we forget yeah, the importance of his continual presence. So this book is like, what does it look like to turn your heart toward his continual presence? What does it look like to be like, you're in the room. I know you're always there. I've been taught since I was little that you're always there. You know, God's always with us, but what does that mean to like be with him? So it's different because we don't, focus on what that does to motherhood. You know, it's right. not like how this impacts motherhood. 
But the side story I was going to tell is that really the other books are like, you know, we use motherhood sort of to make some examples, but really it's about finding the peace. Really it's about finding the hope. And this book just sort of takes that shell off and it's like, but this is how we all get to him. Like this is how Mm -hmm. we all become awakened. Yeah. Well, and I would agree having read a lot of your books, I think peace feels a little more motherhood because you address a lot of the like motherhood and anxiety ties, Mm -hmm. which I just recently started making in the last year. Like, oh, I feel like a crazy person because I care so much. You know what I mean? I do. I feel like a crazy person because this is all kind of landing on my shoulders and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, Mm -hmm. but they all are about our experience with the father and with the spirit in different aspects. And so I know that a lot of this book is about our like lifelong experience in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we were kind of talking a little bit before about how Christians can be kind of weird about the Holy Spirit. Yes. Why are, why are Christians weird about the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, we don't like to get anything wrong. You know what I mean? We don't like to get anything wrong. And we have been told there's a wrong way to interact with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No one warns Christians about Jesus. No one warns Christians about the Father. Right. But we get warned because people don't have good teaching on the Holy Spirit and people get weird. Like, and I'm not just talking about the people like searching and wanting more. There are a bunch of weird things that happen with when the Holy Spirit comes close. Like, absolutely. I mean, He is the Spirit of the Living God. And so here's the thing I think we're weirded out because we don't have great teaching. I think we're weirded out because we can't control spirit, you know, like I'm sitting in my house. I'm just going to paint an idea here. Okay. Like we're sitting in our house and nobody actually thinks the doorbell is going to ring and Jesus himself is going to walk in. Right. Because I feel like our finite minds wouldn't know what to do with that. You know, like he is seated at the right hand of the father. He will come again. But like, that's the position of Jesus. But he says to his disciples, John 14, he begins this conversation about how I am going away. It's better for you and the rest of the planet that I go. Because if I go, I can give up this spirit that has been with me from conception. Like the Holy Spirit who has been a part of my journey. This is Jesus. Yeah. It's been a part of my journey since conception. I can pour him back out to you. I got to go so I can give him out like I can release the spirit that's been with me. And so he goes and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes and we now have this power and presence and infilling and it's the same spirit that was in Jesus so he feels like Jesus and sounds like Jesus and talks like Jesus but we can't control him. We don't have a say in what he does and that makes us really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I love what you said about that sometimes Like maybe sometimes Christians are weird about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit causes us to do some weird things that don't make sense. Right. Like there are a lot of things that the Spirit has very clearly led myself and my family into that outside looking in, I know for a fact was like, what? (laughs) That makes no sense. Or like, or even myself, like there have been, you know, those, those conversations that he prompts you to have that you're like, but do we have to? Because this is awkward. Yeah. But he loves us, you know? I think that's it. Like, I wouldn't question if Jesus told me to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if Jesus said to do it standing in the room, I'd be like, yes. Okay. Yes. Done. Going now. I think at least I think that's how I would be. 
But when the Holy Spirit speaks, I just go, hmm, optional. Is it optional? <laughs> Do Is I have maybe? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's just knowing the Holy Spirit as a kind, loving God who still is fully, he's fully God. I think it's the lack of understanding of the Holy Spirit as a person that gets yes. us into a lot of trouble. And so to unpack that, which I think is super important, we are not our bodies. When I die, my spirit, which is who I really am, will go to heaven and live in a new body. Like yes. this body is not my, it's just what I live in, right? Hallelujah, I, right? I have a mind, I have emotions, but this body is just containing my spirit, which is who I really am. In the same sense, the Holy Spirit is just fully spirit without the confines of a body, but he still has mind and will and emotions and he can be everywhere at once because he's not trapped by human skin suits, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you look in scripture, he teaches, he leads, he guides, you know? And, and when we take the idea of the spirit of God away from being like a mysterious wind mm. or like some fire that's unapproachable and we go, this is he who will lead and he who guides and he, the spirit that was within Jesus is now within me, Yeah, you know, leading me. That is just like, why don't I spend my whole day? doing whatever he wants? Why don't I spend my whole life just trying my best to tune, fine tune his voice in my heart? Yeah. That's all I want. And, right. uh, and yeah, it changes everything. He changes everything. So let me ask you a question that I feel like a lot of people listening are probably wondering. Yes. How do I tell if it's my brain or the Holy Spirit? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Question. Like, how do I discern what's what I want and what's with the Holy Spirit? I think that's so tricky. You know, especially for people that do struggle with anxiety, which is like a huge portion of the population because we're like, oh, my brain is warning me. This is dangerous. How do I discern if it's the spirit telling me, you know, not to do it or my brain telling me what to do? And I have to, I have to really make this go all the way back to real baby steps, like real, not that those who don't know are babies. You're not a baby. No. Yeah. You know, you're just like going back. No, but sometimes to I need baby steps. I need baby steps. I say, right. I want, I want to skip to the good part. It doesn't work that way. So the very beginning of all this is we have a God who speaks, period. You have to believe that he speaks and that he wants to speak to you, that his whole goal has been in, to be in communication and relationship with you and relationship requires communication. And while he did speak in scripture, and that is all that we need to live a life fully pleasing to God, right? Right. He hasn't lost his voice. So going back to you have a God who has not lost his voice, who spoke the world into creation, who refuses to be silenced, even by my disbelief. He's still talking. I have to go, okay, if I don't know that I have ever heard the voice of the Lord in my life, I have to begin by going, okay, this is what Jesus sounds like in scripture. This is mm. how Jesus speaks. He speaks out of kindness or correction or love, you know, all of these things. And I, I remember when I was like, just going into college, I think, and I had been a Christian my whole life. I had been what's considered spirit filled, led by the Lord. I just hadn't realized that what I was being led by was his voice. I didn't, yeah. I didn't equate the two. Right. And so how do you know when God is leading you? How do you know when he's speaking to you? You have to know all the different ways that God speaks. Sometimes he doesn't speak to our ears, or even our spiritual ears. Sometimes yeah. he speaks to our minds, 
sometimes we just get an idea or a thought and you're like, oh, that is so strange. That's not the way I usually think, you know, Ah. but it feels like I always describe that like I'm reading a book when I'm reading a book and the character changes in the book. Like it's I'm still reading in my own thought. Yeah. Right. Like I'm still reading in my own voice in a sense, but I know someone else is speaking in the book. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, so sometimes I have thoughts and I'm like, oh, I know this is not my thought. This is a God thought. This is yeah. a God suggestion. Yes. So like just sort of beginning to explain like, okay, so sometimes he speaks to our eyes. <laughs> sometimes we see things or imagine yes. things, you know, sometimes he speaks to our ears. Sometimes he speaks to our minds. Sometimes he speaks to our knowing, like our thoughts and our feelings. So there's not really any way that God won't communicate with us. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think you said at the very beginning, it's a lack of teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if you're not, and I don't mean this to sound judgmental at all, but like, if you're not consistently walking with someone, you're not going to like use it in real life. Right. If I'm not spending consistent time with my husband, I know it like he makes the slightest shift in his face. And I'm like, what was that? I know what that was. Talk to me. Tell me the things or he'll walk in the house different. And I'm like, what happened? Tell me about it because I spend my life with him. If I'm spending my life with the father in his word, then those indistinct small shifts, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, okay, let's explore that further. What was that? Because my husband and I literally stood at our island last night and talked about Christians want the will of God to be a neon blinking sign when so often he just wants us to take the next step, like faith. He just wants us to take the next step. He's not, I love you. My husband wants a neon sign and he knows that I'm not like rolling on under the bus or anything. He wants the blinking sky writing that says it's time to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I hear you, but look at like, look at what he's done. Is this not enough? Right. You know, do you not feel that peace that's saying, and he's like, yeah, no, I do. I do. I do feel the peace, but like a sign would be nice. I'm like, well, I don't think it's coming. <laughs> I don't think it's coming, you know? And I, that's so good. And I, I'm just listening. I'm listening to what you're saying as me. And I feel like I'm trying to listen as a listener going, that's my life. I want him to write it on my mirror. I think one right. of my first blog posts I wrote like 2013, I was like, can't you just write it on the mirror? God, like, yeah. just tell me what you want from me because my heart wants to obey Like I want to do his will. I want to live the life he has for me because I believe it is the best Right. because I trust him. I trust him and I want him to know that I trust him. And yet God is like, will you trust me with the next hour of your life? Will you trust me in your simple obedience of pausing in the middle of today? I know you want to get where you're going. This is what I keep coming back to. All we have is the journey. That's it. That's all. That's all that it is. That's the entire life that we get is the journey and the walk with him because we will get to heaven and we will know in full. We will no no longer just know in part. We will know all there is to know. And here's something super cool. I'm going to say this. I'm not sure I've ever said it anywhere else. We only get to worship God as those who trust him here. Yeah. When we get to heaven, we will not get to worship God as those who trust him because there will be no need to trust. Because we'll know him. We'll see him. Yeah. And so I get to know God in a way here walking out this world 
that I, that is unique to this time and space. Dang. That's different than the promise fulfilled. That's different yeah. than on the other side of the waiting. Yeah. Because when I get to the other side of the waiting in this season of life, there will be another and there will be more questions. Right. Absolutely. I'm super excited to announce that this August, we are firing back up our monthly membership called The Collective. The Collective is a community membership empowering you to navigate real life from a biblical perspective. I love this community and the up-close access it gives us to one another. We cover a quarterly topic with monthly calls and we all grow and learn together and it's just really awesome. You can learn more and get on the wait list at crappychristianco.com slash collective. So if you're like me and you struggle with any combination of stress and anxiety or being on your phone too much, maybe even, I want to tell you about the Abide app. I love this app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app in the app store, and I've legit been using it for years now to help me fall asleep, to ease me into the day in the morning. I've even used it like mid panic attack. (laughs) So it's based on scripture and it's audio meditations that center you and help draw you closer to Christ. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off of a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Blake. So you can get started today with 25% off of a premium subscription by downloading the app at abide.co slash Blake. There you'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. And in the meantime, you'll be supporting the show and get 25% off when you go to abide.co slash Blake. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Blake to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, and I think we look at scripture. uh, This is my thing. I look at scripture and I see people like Moses encountering a burning bush. I see people standing in front of Jesus and touching his hands and seeing the holes and still being idiots. (laughs) It's all of us. You know what I mean? Like Moses stood in front of the burning bush and was like, yo, but like, not me. I'm not the one, somebody else. But we get this experience of the spirit within us Mm -hmm. and we get to make these decisions. And I think sometimes I still am like, yo, God, not me. No, you picked the wrong one. You sure? And so like, if I do that with the indwelling spirit, would I not do it with a burning bush? Yeah, I would. That's really good. I would probably still do it if it was written on my mirror. I'd probably still be like, uh, Mm. where'd that come from? Here's what I wonder. I wonder how often God is giving us big thoughts and big directions. And we are so like, that's too big. And so I'm overlooking it. A hundred percent. Like we're having our own burning bush. He's like, build a thing. And you're like, I will build a small thing. He's like, build a thing. You know, there's a story in scripture where Abraham's family is leaving Sodom and Gomorrah and it's being destroyed behind them, right? And angels are like, go to this city up into the mountains, right? Like flee up into the hills. And I think it's Lot who says, I can't make it there. I won't make it there. See this small village right here at the base of the mountain? Can't let me just go there. That's where I think I can make it. And God's like up higher and bigger. And he's like smaller, more local. 
Yeah. And, you know, and so he, he, he flees to the small place. And I love that if you read on, they eventually make it up the mountain. Right. You know, God's like, you're still going where I want you to go, but if you need to take bite size. So I think there are times in our lives where God is saying, here's your burning bush. Here's your bright moment. Here's what I really want you to do. And we're just like, that has to be just a big dream. Of okay. Mine. But you know why I think some of that is, I think some of it's our own stuff, but I also think Christians have beaten down other Christians so much. Like somebody listening right now is like, Ooh, that's prosperity gospel. Ooh, mm-hmm. she's saying God wants the mountain for them. Like he yeah. hasn't promised you the mountain. No, mm-hmm. he didn't promise me the mountain. That doesn't mean he can't give it to me. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you how, I'm sorry. I sound like an adolescent boy now. But like, I can't tell you how often I talk about big God things. And I get these DMs from people that are like, I think you might've like fallen into prosperity gospel. And I'm like, if God being good and faithful and wanting good for his kids is prosperity gospel, then fine. Lump me in with all of them because Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. I refuse to believe that I should only serve a God that wants, that only wants like pain and suffering and hardship for me. Like I refuse. Yeah. That's not, I don't see him. I don't see him in scripture. No, I see the God who says that stuff is guaranteed, but here's my peace in the meantime. Absolutely. I see the God that's like, I will walk with you. Like I walked with Jesus all the way to the cross, (laughs) you know, like I will, I will not leave you. I won't leave you. I won't leave you because I have good for you. Right. And like, look at how many there, yeah, there are people like Paul who his list of horrible things was long and distinguished. But then like, there are also people like David and Mm -hmm. Solomon and Mm -hmm. Abraham and Joseph who Mm -hmm. like had abundance and hardship and knew God through all of it. It was a both and abundance and hardship are not exclusive. Why are we so incapable of that? Like, yeah, either abundance or hardship. Mm, No, no, that's putting God in a box. Yeah. And he's like, that's just stop. Stop building theology around your limited view of me. Ooh, is that, that's like the whole Ted talk. Stop building <laughs> your theology yeah. around what your brain is capable of, of understanding. I don't even remember when I first said this, but it is something that's resounded in my heart. I don't even feel like it's in a book. It's just something that I fully believe. When we make God small, we are no different than the Israelites building a calf rather than worshiping his current present. When we make God small, smaller in our minds, understandable, you know, he can't still do these big, amazing things today. That was for back then. Oh, I'm talking now, you know, like we are making a version of him that does not exist so that our brains can wrap around what we want to worship. Um, And it is, it is not what he has for us. Yeah. We, and honestly, I think it's the enemy's favorite strategy. 100%. I want you to pursue something that you can understand rather than God. That, I mean, that's what he did in the garden. That's been yes. his, his motive since day one. Yeah. And you know, I talk about that in God so close because it's the final chapter. I talk about how the enemy comes to Eve and he says, pursue knowledge pursue the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to become like God. Eat this fruit and you'll be like God. Look it up. That's what it says. Yeah. But the reality is that has been, she was already made in his image. She was already like him. She had to do nothing else except remain in his presence to become and continue to be 
like him. But in our own lives, this is what happens over and over. And I'm terrified that this is what's happening in Christian women's ministry. We continue to pursue knowledge to become like him. When that fruit is not filling, Jesus is the bread of life. And he says, whoever comes to me, whoever is in my presence, whoever hears my voice, these are the things that give life to us. This is how we become like God by reading his word, by spending time in his presence. I don't care how many people like us, other people listen to, you know, yeah, podcasts, Instagrammers, books they read. Knowledge will never make you more like God, like the presence of God can make you like God. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because what's the fruit of pursuing knowledge? I can tell you from the other side of experiencing other people's fruit, it's not always really very pretty. And it doesn't usually feel like Jesus. Some of the meanest Christians I know, know a whole lot about the Bible. It's true. It's true. I mean, because here's the thing, you know, knowledge is power, whatever. That's that. We believe that. People believe that. I'm not saying you and I believe that. I'm saying that is a well-held thought. Knowledge is power. If I have information, then I have more ability to make decisions. And I'm here very clearly saying today that you can have all of the knowledge in the world about scripture and never encounter the God of the Bible. Amen. That is possible. And we know that from the Pharisees. We I was know about to that say. From <laughs> the teachers of the law. It's crystal were, clear. It's They're whitewashed tombs. The people in scripture, not us today. I'm not calling anybody listening a whitewashed tomb. What I'm saying is that was just an example Jesus made. Right. Well, and he reserved his most savage teaching for the fair. Jesus was savage with the Pharisees. Yeah. Because he knew that they knew his word, but didn't know him. And I would rather, and this is going to rub people the wrong way, but like, I would rather know God and be okay with the fact that my ADHD makes it really difficult for me to remember references. 100%. That is it. That's it. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want to say something to the person listening that's like, well, I know a lot about the Bible, but I'm just beginning to understand presence. You know, I'm just beginning to understand the Holy Spirit. I want to bring them into our conversation here and say that God uses the word to reveal himself. Absolutely. I hope like very overarching disclaimer. Mm -hmm. Like I read my Bible every morning. Yes. I just yes. released a course on how to study scripture. It is important. Absolutely. What you, you can't yes. know someone unless you know what they have said. We're talking about elevating this knowledge of scripture over knowing and experiencing the presence of God and of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Knowledge versus intimacy. That's Amen. what we're discussing. Yeah. Knowledge versus intimacy. And so the challenge, the challenge is this, God, as you have read the word of God and it has made sense in your heart, in any way, it has landed in your spirit in any way that you're like, I get it. Scripture is really clear about how the spirit teaches us what God has said in the word. We can't understand scripture at all apart from the Holy Spirit explaining it to us within our spirit. And so as we've read the word, as listeners have read the word, as our friends have been like, I am studying him and I'm finding him. I just haven't felt like I've encountered him. I want to encourage you that you do know his voice. He has been speaking to you all along, but he doesn't just want the time that you're spending between the pages. 
He doesn't just want the time that you spend at your table or listening to the recording of the you know Bible on audio or whatever. He wants your whole day. Yeah. He wants you to wake up going, I know you said this in your word. I know you met this person in your word. Will you meet me today? Like, yeah. just what do you have to say about the situation I'm going through? Like, what do you have to say about this meeting? What do you want me to focus on during this podcast? What do you want me to do with that teacher meeting with my kids? Like, I have lots of ways I want to handle it. What are you saying, yeah. God? And that's really the encouragement of God being close is bringing it's not bringing him into your day. It's turning toward him and remembering that he has something to say about it. And he's already there. Yes. Like we're not welcoming him in. I mean, it, it, we are in a way we are. We are, but we're, it's not like, I don't have to open the door and say like, come on in. Right. He's there. I have to be like, I get to make, it's not like he's like waiting mm-hmm. to be let in. He's in, he just needs me to go. Mm-hmm. Like it's a turning. That's what some of the best advice I ever was ever given is like experiencing God in your every single moment. Cause I I think I was like a young college kid and I was like, I don't even know, like, what does that even look like? I don't even know what that means. And this Mm -hmm. like real, really like wonderful teacher in my life was like, it's a matter of turning your eyes. It's not a checklist. That's it. It's not an achievement. It is as simple as turning your eyes from the left to the right. And it is, you know, there's the, there's the place in scripture where Jacob lays down and has a dream and he sees the ladder, yeah. you know, yeah. of angels, the staircase to heaven and angels ascending and descending. And when he wakes up, he says, surely God was in this place and I didn't know it. And I feel like that is like the subtitle of the book, a life awakened to the spirit of God. It's not just a life of inviting him in. We're asking to be filled, which I think, you know, I think that's so important. You made a point where you said, you know, it's not exactly like opening the door and inviting him in. If you have accepted Jesus as like Lord and savior of your life, you know, Jesus says, whoever, you know, knocks, I'll open the door and, you know, come on in. When you have done that and you have brought him into your life, allowed him access to your life, you know, he comes close through the Holy Spirit. Yes. I always say we only know Jesus as well as we know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, you know, because he makes, the Holy Spirit is who, teaches us on about spiritual things, makes Jesus real to us, brings the spirit of Jesus close to us. Jesus says to his, his disciples, I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Like how does he, Jesus, the person of Jesus come close to us? He sends his spirit. And so as you've turned your heart, as you've opened your eyes, as you've made the decision to like turn your attention, it's like it's so basic. And I wish there was another example that was better. It's, it is like Mary and Martha. It's like saying, wait a minute, you're here all the time. I love that you're here all the time, but today I'm just going to go through my day, still serving you, still making the meals and doing the things. But like, I don't want to ignore you, you know, on accident, Yeah. you know, I don't want to ignore you because I got so busy. I don't want to ignore what you're doing here. And so some of the most spiritual moments of my life have come when I have been like, okay, what do you want to do here again, God? Like yeah. your agenda, not mine. You want me to go back and pray for them? You want me to turn around in my car and drive back and pray for that person? Yeah. That's when I'm hearing that clearly. And those are the moments that have wrecked me and taught me so much yeah. in the best way because I have broken my agenda and my flesh for and remembered that my life and all of our lives are so much more spiritual than we let them be. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's nothing to like even, you can't follow that. <laughs> How do you follow that? You don't. We Well, we just talk. I mean. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that is it. And that word is for what I love about this whole topic. And that word is that like, it's for everybody. It's for the busy mom, for the college student. It's for the full-time working. It's for the just lost their job. Like their Holy Spirit is for everyone. His guidance and his peace and his nearness and his embrace, like are not dependent on our season or our situation. It's for everybody. Like that's it. That's all. That's what it's all about. And when you encounter his presence, and I feel like people don't like encounters because you can't live on encounter. (sighs) You know, they say, they say you can't, it's just, it's just an experience and you're chasing experience. They warn, but I, you know, think of all the people that experience a miracle with, with Jesus, you know, think of the people that experienced seeing him move in some way, experienced the fullness of God in some way, you know, they hadn't just heard it. It was different in scripture for those who experience the continual presence of Jesus, you know, walking with. And so for our lives, I'm going to say something brave, like experiencing God is not dangerous, you know? experiencing his presence is not dangerous. It's almost like back, I'm going to bring a garden around again. Adam sins and Eve sins and they hide. How did they know to hide? (laughs) But they hide, you know, why? Who taught them they needed to hide? Father asks, you know, who told you you were naked? Because they try to clothe themselves. But, you know, my question is, how did they know to hide? But they hide from God and God wants to be with them. He wants to come close to them. And today it's almost like that same desire to hide from the experience of the presence of God. We want, we're like, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. I don't know if that makes me a weird Christian. Like, I don't know if that lumps me in with people that I don't want to associate with, Uh. but like, since the garden, God has wanted to walk with his creation since the foundation of the world. The reason Jesus came, the reason he sent his spirit was so he could be close. Yeah. So close that you experience the, the real peace of his presence. I have to, can I ask you a question? I know you're interviewing me. hundred percent. I have to ask yeah, you a question. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the first time that you experienced the presence of God? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It was, it's, <clears throat> I grew up in church but didn't really want anything to do with it. I'm very like mind-based and there were too many questions that Mm -hmm. people couldn't answer for me. So I like grew up in youth group and was like, went through the movements, but it was very like, once my parents, my parents are wonderful. And so once they were kind of like, you don't have to keep coming to church with us, I quit going. When TLSU didn't like go off the rails, but like was on my own for the first time and kind of doing my own thing and fall in love with a boy. And I woke up one morning in bed with him and God was like, get up. I was like, okay, got up and like got all my stuff and started walking across campus. And I can, it's really cool because we still live in the same city. I can go back and mm-hmm. sit in the spot where I just like hit ground. And God said, are you done? Are you done? Yeah. I have so much more for you. And I like, I mean, it's not a Saul to Paul, but it's a Saul to Paul. Like mm-hmm. immediately that moment, I was like, I don't want anything else. I don't ever want, yeah. I don't ever want anything else. And it was audible. Like I could hear. God. Yeah. And he was so close. There was no denying like 
There was no denying. No, his there was no. And I, I'm a, I'm a question. There was, I didn't have any questions to ask. I didn't, there was nothing. There was no like, but it was just like, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in. We're doing this. Yeah. And I love those moments where like when God becomes so real to you that no one could ever convince you mm-hmm. with any of their other teaching that you were wrong, that it was wrong, that it wasn't really him or his love. And that's really the heart of God being close. Like, I just want women. I mean, it's written for, I mean, it's written for women. I just want everyone, but women, especially who feel so alone, who feel like they have to do it all, feel like they are really keeping their world together so much of the time to have a turning moment where they go, you were here all along and I just perceive you and experience the full enraptured love of the father through his spirit. And it feels like Jesus yeah. and it changes everything and it just shifts who you want to be and how you want to live your life. And you have so much understanding, like a, like a spiritual awakening and understanding that you're like, my life will never be the same. Yeah. And so I think this is my heart for revival. My generation talked about revival so much, like, no, not my generation. I grew up in a generation before me that yeah. talked about revival so much that it looked like in my mind, it looked like a certain thing. Yeah. Like it looked like events or, yeah. you know, meetings and things like that. But I feel like there is a revival of hearts being awakened to God's presence happening within homes and family. And this is how that is sustained outside of meetings, outside of all of these things, outside of you know, encounters at church that, you know, you go home and you're like, well, what does this look like in my life? God wants to meet us from our Sunday to our Saturday, you know, within every 24 hours. And I feel like this is his heart's cry for his daughters to know him. Yeah. Well, in talking, talking about encounters and about revival, I mean, driving my kids to school this morning, their favorite, favorite song right now is might get loud by elevation worship. Yeah. And I mean, that was church. That was heaven. Mm-hmm. That was getting yeah. to watch my babies be like, why can't I praise them as loud as I want to? That's it. Like, yeah, that is, that's, mm-hmm. that's better than passion conference. Cause I didn't have to be around a bunch <laughs> of people. I don't like people that much. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, those, those things can happen daily. If we are, if we're paying attention, if we're not like our faces aren't in our phones, that's it. It's heaven on earth. Yes. Yes. And that's what I want. Like I made a sign in my room. It's like one of those little letter clicky board yeah. things, you yeah. know, when you're going out of style, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. I still We're keeping have one. It. Yeah. We're keeping it. And I just wanted something on there and it said a lot of different things over the years, but I, it says right now, so my family will know you are the one true holy God. That's what I want. Yeah. If it doesn't translate to my kids, then I'm not living. Yeah. It, you know, if it doesn't translate to my husband and my marriage, then I'm not living yeah. it. It's real easy as a person who writes books and lives a public life online for the world to see what I am putting out, right? like what it looks like I am. But if this doesn't translate to my family, then I'm not living a life that is, it's not, I'm not living anything worth sharing. Yeah. You know, like this is where it starts. And when I made that sign, I originally put, so the world, that's what I put first. So the world will know that you are the one true holy God. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was like smaller. And I was like, okay. And we talked about dreaming big, but in this situation, but that he said is smaller. dreaming big. Like, mm-hmm. is it yeah. the dream is for my kids to go out into the world and nobody like 
I want my kids to go out into the world yeah. and be who I have been since that moment on the mm-hmm. LSU parade grounds. You can't take this from me. Amen. You can't question this away yeah. from me, you know? So yeah, that's it. We're out of time. And I hate that so much because I just want to keep talking. I think I'm just going to have to have you back on. Sounds like a plan. Your book is out. People can get all your books wherever they get books. You're not scissor tail soak anymore. So what's your Instagram? Becky Thompson author. Okay, perfect. Pretty simple. Becky Thompson author. Find me there. Find me at beckythompson.com. I just put in Becky Thompson into any search device or scissor tail soak, whatever. <laughs> I love that I keep how do you spell I that? Love that I keep having to bring it up. It's just because it's what I remember you as. I love it. It's who I am. But this is the best. Thanks for having me on. You're wonderful. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.